When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hey. Oh, there we go. Hello, everybody. Hello. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened there. Uh, welcome back to Game Over. Uh, the Leafs played about as well as the stream is going. So the Leafs fall in overtime to the Boston Bruins because who else would end it but Brad Marchand against us. We push back, right? We. I hope you all bet on the Jesse Blake comeback, the two goals down, because the Leafs managed to fight back finally into the, the very, very last five seconds of the game only to fall in overtime to a yawning net. Brad Marchand burying it off a Pasternak uh, failed, failed, failed goal. But it doesn't matter because the Leafs weren't able to capitalize. So welcome back to Game Over Toronto. Uh, my name is Lauren. Again, my name is Lauren. Fuad over here on the other side of the night. You'll have to forgive me, everybody. Hello. I'm not feeling super well tonight. Fuad, did you think that uh, that maybe the Leafs were going to squeak out another win there at the end? Yeah, I, honestly, I... I it was it was tough to say because it was quite the overtime. Like I, I gotta say, it was it was that was really fun, and I thought they might have because I thought the game was kind of over. Like they were not like at the during the six on five, they weren't really getting anything done. Like for the first, I don't know, most of the minute that they were on that until the fifth second, like five seconds left, where they yeah. finally decided, oh, it's a good idea to actually like hit people in front of the net, and then got a goal. So. I thought it was over then, but then when he got the goal, I'm like, ooh, okay. Billman's jumping. Like, I mean, they were kind of getting squeezed, their heads squeezed the entire game, but I thought that goal might have broke it open a little bit. Then we saw that David Camp starting the overtime where he gets the face off, but then he loses the face off and he can't get back off. So I'm like, oh, this is not a good omen here. So obviously that wasn't the reason why they lost, but that's why it's kind of like, again, it's, it's, 50% of their games, 50% of their games have now gone to overtime. I have never seen this before. I mean, apparently it's happened before, but uh, I've seen it on the, st uh, the stat on the show. But goodness me, that is a lot of games to go to overtime. Yeah, it, it's been a lot of games going into overtime. I'm Honestly, I'm a little bit glad they didn't go to the shootout just because it's funny. Eh? Like last year, it felt like they only got into the shootout once or twice. And this year, we're already up to what, four shootouts, I think? At yeah. least three. Um, and it it's funny, earlier in the game, and we'll obviously, we're obviously going to talk about the game, um, 
earlier in the game, there the Leafs were getting a lot of times where they were putting a lot of traffic in front of the net, lots of sticks in the lanes, lots of like at least three blue sweaters within, I don't know, 15 feet of the net, but they just couldn't bury any. And for Austin Matthews to finally gain a little bit of space and force overtime was great. The Leafs do come away with a point that arguably... Uh, I guess they earned, they did earn it, right? They did come back. They did manage to tie it with four and some odd change seconds left. A um, little bit bummed that we didn't get the second point just because it's the second time we've lost to Boston this year. Only this time, none of our defensemen got injured. That is worth hey, celebrating, I think, take, right? You take the wins where you get them, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's hard to believe that Lilligren has already been out for a month. Yeah, that was a month ago. Wow. Yeah, and that, that was a month ago. Same team, Boston, right? So... Yep. Yeah, I, you know what's funny? I like their start. I, I didn't hate the start either. Like, I no. thought that they were going tit-for-tat with them until that David Pasternak shot that was just – I didn't even, I, I wasn't even mad at Joseph Wold. I was just – That was a – that was just – That was a snipe. Yeah. That was a sniper's snipe right there. Yeah. There's a reason that he got 61 goals last year, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I am not a Pasternak fan. And if you've watched this stream before, you know how much I hate Boston. Um He's a good scorer, man. And that's He's part of good. the reason why it's so easy to hate them is because they are so good. And I don't know if any goalie in the league can stop that shot. Uh, just a just one hell of a snapshot. But yeah, the, the, the Leafs were playing really early to start. Um, can we talk about the fact, before we get into the game, the fact that the Boston Bruins were wearing a jersey that looked like it walked out of like a 1996 Tim Hortons? like that's the colors like the colors of tim hortons like the yellow and the bad brown with the beige is straight out of like a 1996 tim hortons with like the brown labels where the walnut crunch was it looked like linus Olmark was playing with walnut crunches as his pads tonight um but he played very well and and uh i mean i mean shit man it's easy to see why he won the vesna last year like that's a Hell of a goalie that they have over there. But the Leafs do well um, holding the zone five minutes in. There was a lot of times where the Leafs were um, spending a lot of time in the other the other team's zone. And they would come to the blue line and they were holding it. Which is something that we've been struggling with recently. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I, I again, I didn't hate the way they were playing in the beginning. It's just... And most of the game, I didn't hate it. There wasn't a lot of things where I'm like, oh, what, what are you doing? Like, it, it was a pretty evenly matched game like there's not a lot where we can focus on and say this guy screwed up this guy did well aside from the joseph wall goal he let in which was uncharacteristically bad but yeah like i like the way that they were playing i i felt like they were kind of getting like i felt like boston was just kind of like creating a wall around it like they were not getting a lot of offensive chances especially like in the second period and most of the third period i felt like it was very very reminiscent of the florida game and it's kind of funny that the two teams that they're probably going to have to see in the playoffs and the Panthers and, and the Bruins, they're playing that kind of style where they're kind of squeezing their head. And one game, I mean, they did, they did well against the Panthers. This one, it didn't do so well. So it's, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of an audition of what playoff hockey is going to be like. Definitely. And if, I think that if the Leafs play that game 10 times, I think they probably win at six. Like that, jo that second Joseph Wool goal, the, uh, the, is it, was it the Shattenkirk goal? No, it was the Trent Frederick goal yeah. where it was like sitting right in front and we'll get that's in the third period and we'll get to that. But like, I think if you play that game over again, I think Joseph will probably save that goal and it, yeah. it maybe goes to overtime, but it was just an uncharacteristic, but obviously uh, the Bruins take and 
cause some blood to pour out of the leaves first. Uh, Pasternak going top shelf again. My freaking goodness. Uh, even though they didn't score tonight, the Tavares Bertuzzi line has looked electric as of late. Yeah, yeah I, I I like I like the fit for, for, for Bertuzzi there. I, I I thought like he had a really really great chance in the first. I loved how he just completely stole like like he actually had a sick four check where he stole the puck yep right in front of the net didn't lead to a goal but that's the kind of stuff i like love to see out of the leafs because it's kind of stuff you don't see very often where they're getting stuff right <laughs> right in the middle of the crease of the other team where they're getting it close i i, I really i like i like for game lately i think maybe that yelling from sheldon keith might have given might have given him a little boost where sheldon keith like was literally in his face but um yeah i I like that line. I, I think I like the switch of Marner for Nylander and the to where they're now have have those lines now. But you know, top line is still a little bit. I don't know. It's a little iffy. But I I think this is the best combination they have right now. I think so too. And even though Austin Matthews was held goalless for the last what feels like six games, Whatever. I mean he he scores twice tonight and is you know now tied for second in the league with 16 goals but his all almost every single one of his goals is coming in a multi-goal game and so yeah. as soon as he scores early actually before that the Leafs were leading in shots for I think all of the game like for for most if not the entire game the Leafs were leading in shots and opportunities uh, Austin Matthews looked really good in the first period he was sniffing around the net he had a couple of really good opportunities um the Reeves takes a roughing penalty, which should not have been called a roughing penalty. Do you think that was a roughing penalty? Come on. I don't know, man. It's it's tough to say. I, th- I think roughing is one of those like roughing is such a is such an interpretation call of like ah I don't like how you lo- I don't like your face today. Go to the box. That's what it like, felt it's not, like. It's not it's not like a trip where it's like most of the time they get a trip right. Right. It's like a roughing call is like there's roughing like almost every possession in the NHL game. It just kind of like how the referee feels in that given moment. How many calls are on one side or the other? You know, it's just it's an interpretation call, uh, and obviously a reputation call. Ryan Reeves, um, not like you know, not, doesn't have the sterling reputation around NHL officials. But you know, I didn't think it was didn't think it was a call. But you know, that's the way it goes. That's how if you want to play rough, that's the chance. That's the the risk you're taking. Right. I just think that like you could have just as easily have called that a boarding penalty. Right? Like, why would you call it roughing? To the eye, like, when they called it, I thought it was going to be a boarding penalty. Because, yeah, that's what he did. He smashed him into the boards. But, no, called for roughing. Um, And the Nylander shot to end the period very nearly goals in the first period ends the shots 9-7 to for the Leafs. Uh, But, of course, Boston leading where it counts on the scorecard. Um, Toronto had some great chances uh, to start the second period as well. Austin Matthews sniffed around the net, got another post 95 seconds in. The buds were created on a lot of traffic in front of the net. It really felt like it was just a matter of time. The Now, having said that, Boston is arguably one of the best teams in front of their own net in terms of buy-in for not only their defensemen, but all of their forwards playing defense as well and getting in getting in the other team's face and, and you know, creating, creating obstacles. And... I think if it's another team, but the Leafs play the way that they do, the Leafs probably win. But of course, Boston is Boston, and there's a reason they were the President's Trophy winners last year. And then Kevin Shattenkirk, with his first game in over half a year, left alone, gets a beautiful 
just a ridiculous goal. Um, and the Leafs are down two nothing, but the Leafs keep pushing, moving their feet finally. And Austin Matthews finally, finally makes sure that we are not shut out. What a goal from him! He just looked so jacked. Yeah, it's just, again, you, you get this, you get it, you get that monkey off your back, right? Like, I mean, and it's funny because he's to say that about Austin Matthews, where he's the second leading scorer in the NHL, it really doesn't feel like that, or second leading goal scorer. It doesn't feel like he is because he scores in such bunches, right? Yeah. Like, it is – it's the same with Marner, right? Like, they, they can go games where they're just – it's like a desert of goals. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, these guys are amazing. And you're reminded of how amazing they are. But, you know, you'd like to see it spread out more. But hopefully it kind of – this was a really good game for him. It was kind of the impetus. And hopefully it's, you know, it's a driver for better things to come. I liked that goal, how – they got traffic in front of the net. Like you said, that's a breath of fresh air. That's something we've been screaming about. You know, why are you trying to, like, it's always around the perimeter, always the same stuff. Like, the Leafs were so, are always predictable with their offense. That's why they always get figured out. And I like I like how Matthew Nice fits on that first line. I really like, he's kind of playing that Me Zach Hyman role a little bit. Yeah. Like, just really getting the puck where it needs to be. Like, he probably has more, uh, I mean, upside. Of, if, he has the, if he has the upside of Zach Hyman, it's going to be a pretty good upside, but. You know, I, I like that he kind of plays that role and gets those guys where they need to be. And, and that, that, that was a good goal by Austin. Hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you on the nice thing. I think that he's a little bit bigger than Zach Hyman is. He doesn't have the stick skill that Zach Hyman does. Zach Hyman can, can you, you know, play with a puck in a phone booth. And he's really good at stripping the puck. Nice is really good at using his body and his size. And it's something that it feels like has really been missed on that top line, right? Like, if we think back to last year, which again I try, it's something I try not to do because it's last year and it's done and dusted. But last year, the you know the the top left winger was Michael Bunting, and he's not someone that's going to go into the corners and get the puck out a lot of the time. Whereas no. Nyes and Hyman in the past are people that are able to go and have success, and Nyes is able to do that because he's just huge, like huge for what, like a twenty year old, like just ridiculous, and. I mean, he wasn't called for a you were built too large penalty tonight. Also, can we celebrate the fact really quickly here? I feel like we should be waving a little tiny flag. Uh, for the Leafs not getting another too many men penalties, second game in the row. Basically, the Stanley Cup, we're going to raise the banner next week. Uh, and one of those signs. It's like... <laughs> yes, since- yes, stay since workplace injury. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get like a whiteboard and we'll like put it here. Because it, it's, it feels like something that the Leafs have been neglectful of lately of all of these ridiculous penalties and it's funny at one point in the game tonight Tavares was like past the puck by by the bench when he was getting on the ice but I think they're all so paranoid about causing another too many men that he just like let it go past him and he was like nope not dealing with this it was freaking hilarious um but the second period ends two to one the Leafs are only down by one the shots are 23 to 18 for Toronto like by all accounts, they were they were playing as hard as Boston. They just weren't having the same amount of lucky bounces. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's... Yeah. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes Honestly, down to. Honestly, that's the thing, man. It's hockey. You know, that's... Yep. It's all about the bounces and taking advantage of the bounces, right? And it's about that. And that's where it comes down to the details. Yeah. Right? And that's Being where opportunistic. Can struggle. It's like, this is a game. It's a cruel game, right? Like, they lost to the Florida series. All but one were one goal games. You know, yep. it's a cruel game. But whoever doesn't make the mistakes wins. And whoever capitalizes on the mistakes 
also wins. Like it's the more you watch this game, the more you realize it is just cool as hell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now granted Joseph will has been, one of the things I really like about Joseph Wool's game is his rebound control. Yes. He's so good at redirecting pucks into the corner, not giving up like really juicy rebounds. If you watch back, like, or even now, if you watch like Jack Campbell play a game, he's good at getting in about getting in the way, but holy cow, does he just serve up big, fat, juicy, medium rare <laughs> rebounds on a plate to the opposing team. Whereas Joseph Will is somebody that other than the third goal tonight, um, did a really good job of just of just redirecting pucks where he could and absorbing them as well. And it's something that the Leafs really seem to benefit from. Instead of doing the thing where they block they block it and then they you know the other team is scoring on the second chance, which is something that in years past the Leafs have really struggled with. It's really nice to see him to see the Leafs have a goalie that actually takes care of the puck properly. Yeah. I'm, you know I'm what I mean? Confident. I'm so confident with Joseph Wool. Like that third goal, like I literally, when I saw it, I was like, I, I was like, I wasn't even mad. I was disappointed. Yeah. That's like, that, like, that is so uncharacteristic of what we've seen out of Joseph Wool yep. in his relatively short time with the Leafs. I mean, and you saw quite, you know, and you saw afterwards that he was just swallowing up pucks. That the puck would just disappear when, yep. it, goes, when it comes near him. He's just always in his chest. That goal, man, it was just like, like out of the – it was like that Patrick Waugh like 25 years ago. Like I don't know if you remember that. When he got the puck – now, he wasn't celebrating it, but it just fell out of – it fell out of the glove. Like he just lost it out of the glove. It's, it's just a weird mistake, but – Yep. But it, it didn't deter him. Like it didn't cause him to lose confidence. Like No. In the third period in that overtime, he was electric. Like I loved like this, the saves he was making. Obviously, the last goal he was left out – kind of hung out to dry but man it was he making some 10 bell saves like you could tell like the the arena is like behind him it's like he is kind of now you got you kind of feel he's anointed as mm-hmm. that guy that we're, we're, we're putting all the eggs in the basket for right well it's what his fourth game in a row that he's starting and he's earned it right like he's been by far their most consistent and to your point Fuad, like one of the things that you mentioned, which is so true and I think is really going to make for an excellent, a, a long, a lifelong friendship between Joseph Wall and the Leafs is the fact that he is a guy that isn't going to beat himself up. He, If he lets in a goal, he doesn't like throw his head back and sigh, right? Like what happened when Jack Campbell would allow a goal? He does like the the lean over or the look back and it, it seems to really impact him every time and even samsonov to to a small degree experiences that as well joseph law like he'll allow one but then he bounces right back like it like it just like water off a duck's back and that's something that uh, goalies that are very successful in the C league need to have and i think that joseph Wall is a young kid and i think that after a couple more years in the league i t- could totally see him being a and someone's gonna clip this i guarantee you a Carey Price-esque goalie where they can steal you games. Not not Carey Price, but Carey Price-esque in that there are, there's been other games where Joseph Wool has stolen the game for him, for the Leafs, oh, for yeah. sure. And oh. tonight, unfortunately, wasn't one of them, right? Like the, the third goal, which we're going to talk about in just a second, was it, was it was just an unfortunate miss, man. Like he thought he had it, and he just yeah. he just didn't. Just it like, happens. He just didn't. But yep. yeah, I mean, 
I love your point. Like, that's the thing with these goalies. It is such a mental game, too. Like, I mean, you know, we, I like, that's why I loved having Eddie Lack on. We were talking about, I wanted to know, like, what is different? It's like, how much of it is mental? And he was telling us about that. And it truly is. It's like them and baseball pitchers. That's why they're so up and down one season. Like, you saw Alec Manoa from the Jays. Yeah. like, Roger Clemens one year and me the next. the next year. Same with, same with goalies. And I think confidence has a lot to do with it. I really do. Like, when you yeah. see somebody, especially like Jack Campbell in the media, he was always like, you, you could tell, man, he was, he was down on himself. Right? Yeah. I felt that. I was like, man, you just, but that's, it's that. Though, so if you're down on yourself and you play that hard of a position, man, it's, it's not going to work out for you. But I, I, li- I like the poise that Joseph Wold does play with, especially at the young age he is. Yeah, for sure. And I think that only gets better. And, you know, to your point, when Jack Campbell was on the Leafs or any of the other, you know, goalies that we've had that are, I'm just using Jack Campbell because he's the most recent memory, of that style of goalie that lets it get to him. It starts to impact the rest of the team too. And, you know, with Joseph Wall playing as well as he is and playing with the confidence, even when he does allow a couple of stinkers, or maybe a stinker and a couple of goals that are just scored by excellent players like David Pasternak. I think it's probably a contributing factor as to why the Leafs have been able to force so many comebacks, right? Like in years past, they weren't, they were maybe scoring like one or two goals in to try to come back, but then our goalie immediately lets in another goal against the team. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that seemed like a habit that existed a lot with when we had Jack Campbell in our net was, you know, the Leafs would allow a couple of goals, they would get one back, but then Jack Campbell would allow another one or two. And it just, it's oh. like, it's like shanking a tire and it just lets all the air out. And it really seems like um, Joseph Wall's ability to bounce back and make incredible saves after he lets one in is really starting to affect the team in a positive way. Yeah, totally. Like, and like, and you saw that in the Florida game. Yes. Like they had absolutely I don't think they had a business winning that game. Like they were not, they were really fighting it. Like that yep. Florida team had their stylistic number, like we saw in the playoffs. Yep. Like they had their number, but Joseph Wool, like absolutely grand larceny stole that game. Yep. And that's something that, like, again, it's something you just, you, every contender is going to need. Like, no matter if it's your number one goalie or your number four goalie, it, it ends up being, you, you got to have a goaltender save your butt once in a while because like again game of inches cruel game you need to have the cruelest <laughs> you have to have the cruelest one blocking all of those opportunities but uh yeah the i i, I like this performance tonight and uh hopefully again i guess they're gonna go with him again i mean nugget i mean Ilya samsonov is in having has an illness uh you know like yourself hopefully you both get well soon uh <laughs> but uh you know I don't, I don't think they're going to go with Martin Jones the next game. I, I'll tell you that much. But I, I definitely don't think so. Speaking of people that had a good game, uh, two minutes and 11 seconds into the third period, the prodigal son of Toronto hockey. Yes. The one that we've all waited for to come back and put a Leaf jersey on, even though technically he's already scored a goal. It wasn't technically counted because it was in the shootout. Yeah. Max freaking Domi. Friggin' finally, thank goodness. Like, I'm gonna bring this up real quick. Look at how happy he is. Look at him. Look at him. He's screaming (laughs) at the ice, and it just must feel like a whole anvil off of his back. Yeah, like, oh, you know what? I cheered 
honestly, like, obviously, like, the goal going in was great, and it was an important moment. But my goodness, I jumped up knowing it was Domi because, you know, it wasn't like a, it was a breakaway. Essentially, you knew who was getting the puck. Yep. Man, it was I was like, yes, finally, because this guy is so essential to what they're going to need to be. Like, if he can actually maintain that third center spot, it's so valuable because yeah. that's another thing you that they, they got to go shopping at the trade deadline. They really sure. do or soon. You, you don't want to have to – it's good to have something you already – like something you need. Oh, you found it already at home. Like yes. You don't need to get the third-line center. I like – I mean, he's a great playmaker. He's been a fantastic playmaker. Yep. But I, I just loved it because, like, the way he was celebrated, like, I think he celebrated more for that goal than John Tavares did scoring against Tampa Bay. Obviously, two different personalities because John Tavares was just like, yes, we got a goal. Yeah. I'm quite happy with the result. But, uh, you know, he's a bit more – Max Domi <laughs> runs a bit more hot. But, yeah, yeah and he tied the game. T-I-E, the game. <laughs> how pro – how poetic, right? I found that very funny. I, I, very lame, very funny, you know. It was it was, it was was very poetic for him to tie the game up again. Uh, he just – you know, it's funny. He's had a whole lot of assists this year. And as soon as he was put on that third line, it really seemed to start – having chemistry in the first game that it happened, even when Nyes was down on that line and it was like the Nyes Domi Robertson line for a little while there. He's, even though he hasn't been able to score a goal until tonight, that counted anyway. Um, he's had some really good playmaking moments and it was a fucking beautiful pass from Nick Robertson. Like what an interception. And then to get it over up to Robertson and then the Robertson, lob pass over and then forehand backhand top shelf like oh my gosh like i think we all felt as relieved as max domi did in this picture in the middle because like look at him guys come on and we like like you said we all hope that it's the start of something good that it's yeah. you know now that that goal is finally done and scored we don't have to worry about it yeah i mean like obviously there is another side of the ice i know he hasn't been great on the defensive side of the ice that can right. be said about a lot of the team yeah, uh, you know, but I think off one of the things that did the Leafs in was depth scoring in the past in the playoffs. So if he yep. can, if that third line can maintain a level of being a threat, and you can have three lines that can score you a goal at will, yeah, that's something. That's something there. Like obviously defensively, the team kind of needs some help on the but on the back end, I think that's where you're gonna get the most help. I mean the guys. That you have offensively, you got them. They are who they are. Who they are. Yep. Obviously, William Nylander, people complain about his defense as well. Incredible offensive player. Yep. The guys you have kind of are who they are at some point, but you can't, <laughs> the only real way to improve defensively is to get defensemen. I mean, that sounds kind of simple, but yeah. But, I mean, the guys who've been filling in haven't been filling them terribly. Though. Like William Laguson and uh, Simone Benoit have been pretty admirable. Wouldn't want to go into the playoffs with them, or like with them on the the lineup. Might be a little bit of a, might be a little <laughs> nervous, but I, I like they've filled in admirably and they've shown some toughness and some grit at least. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna go back to just the two of us now. Bye, Max. It was very nice to see you. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, I wouldn't. Do I want William Legison to be our bottom pair for the playoffs? Obviously, no. And with some of the defensively minded players that we lost in the off season, a la, you know, Pierre Engvall last season and Alex Kerfoot, you know, the caveat of no, no longer having those players, which are offensive vacuums and they don't really create a lot is, 
it's the other side of the pendulum, right? There's no, unfortunately, there's no equivalent to like the Super Mario character on Mario Kart where it's perfectly even balanced on everything. Like every single player has, you know, drawbacks and pushbacks. And so definitely what you said about, you know, the depth scoring being a problem in years past, it definitely has been. And I'm glad to see that the bottom lines are connecting. Like, Obviously, I don't want, do I want the Leafs to have to rely on Noah Gregor to be the series winner? No, but it's nice to see that we're having that production now and it's not even when we need it. And it's not even when we're playing or when the team is playing their best. That's not us. It's the team is playing their best. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it, it, look, look, and he could, like, that's the good thing is like, he could. And that's what you get yes. from Stanley Cup winning teams. Like these guys show up. Like yep. you always get these, like, sometimes you get like, I mean, Alex Kerfoot, God bless him. Wasn't great, but I mean, he scored that OT winner to cap off the comeback, yep. right? Like you've seen time in and time out guys that are unsung heroes show up. I mean, the fact that like that he could show up, like Noah Gregor could finish a could yep. finish series. You have that threat there. You don't want to rely on it. That shouldn't be your plan. But it's good to have like a hey, what if? You never know. Like sure, a lottery ticket, right? Absolutely. And you know, all the other lots of other teams that have had playoff success have players like that that you know in the regular season maybe score a couple of goals but are able to bear down in very important moments a la nick paul in tampa bay right there's like nobody player goes in and wins the series against the leafs a couple years ago right and it and in playoff series players like that that are able to elevate and not given to the pressure of the situation and the scenario of being in a game seven are game changers. And if you combine that with with whatever defensive trade is coming, because it's very loud that a trade is coming in some way, shape or form for the least defense, oh, yeah. just a matter of when and who is involved. Um, as long as we get some more defense, I feel pretty, pretty good about this team and about the goaltending, about the defense, about the offense. Like, I mean, it's only November. We're at game 22, but there's been a lot of games this season where the Leafs haven't deserved to win, and they managed to pull it out anyway. Yeah. You know? And they aren't able yeah. to close out tonight, but... Yeah. So, like, I, 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 that brings me to the, the point that, like, is kind of been a raging debate. Like, what do you think of this? The fact that they have the five regulation wins, same as the San Jose Sharks, same as the Blue Jackets. Like, it's... What do you think of that? Because... I'm of two minds. I actually see both sides of that. I see the negative side of that. I really do. But I also see that there could be a positive silver lining in there. And I'm kind of – it's it's a bit of like a pendulum. Like some games like, oh, that's really bad. Some, oh, it could be a good thing. Like where do, where do you land on that? Like what is your thought on the five regulation wins? Uh, in a perfect world, we would have more regulation wins. I don't – I think – I think you don't watch hockey if you think it doesn't matter in any way, shape, or form. Is it – as big of a fire alarm as a lot of people are talking about it? I don't think so. Like, it's tough, right? Because overtime in in the playoffs is the same as regulation. Like, there's five people. You don't have these three-on-three opportunities. You don't have shootouts to bail you out. And so the Leafs not being able to finish things off in regulation does make me worry a little bit about their five-on-five production, but... I still think that it's early enough in the season that if you can get a little bit more momentum in the in the bottom half of games and you're able to start turning the tide of no longer forcing overtime because you're always coming back from you know being behind like the Leafs have been behind in like over 60% of their games this year. 
And that's not a recipe for success, right? Like no. it's just you can't you can't win every game like that. And now, granted, they've been able to win a lot of their games that way, but that's not necessarily something that I think is going to lead to success in the playoffs. But we also everybody, including Keith, has said that the Leafs aren't even playing their best hockey right now. So. Oh. If we're not playing their best hockey and they're still getting wins, then I feel confident enough that they're still going to take another step. Hopefully it comes in the new year. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. And I see that point. So, on the bad side, I want to talk about the bad side of it. Yes. Because a lot of – it is tough because, obviously, it, overtime in the playoffs is just regulation forever yep. until someone scores. Yep. Right? So, if you can't take care of business when it's five on five – and you have to rely on all kinds of wacky rules like three on three or the shootout. That's not good because you don't have those safety nets in the playoffs. Right? right. And a lot of the times these go these games have gone into overtime where they've blown leads. Yes. You're blowing leads is that's the big fire alarm there. Like that's just the one that makes me like, okay, this team has not changed. Like that's where I get right. really negative. Like where it's like, oh, they're up three one, and then all of a sudden within a, within a burp, it's it's three three, and you're like, whoa, now we're going to overtime. The positive side I see is that the playoffs are painfully close all the time. Like I mentioned, the Florida series was one goal game, one goal game, one goal game, one goal game. Three yep. overtimes, I believe, or two overtimes. That is the playoffs. That's, that's, that's just how it goes. It's so tight and so, so painfully close. Now, if they, what they're doing now is I think they're finding ways to win in those scenarios where it is do or die, where it's like, it's kind of an audition where you're under so much pressure and you have to succeed. Everything you do counts. I think it's a good sort of training course for them, you know, to get these, build these character wins. It's kind of like, you know, it's hard to, you know, you saw like a team like Tampa Bay when they, when they went, had the best record of all time and then they lost to the Blue Jackets. I mean, they're steamrolling teams. Same with the Bruins, right? Like they, they had a the best record and they got, they lost to the Panthers, right? Sometimes it's good to have it in hockey. It's good to have that adversity. Like really, I think this Leafs team needs that regular season adversity where it's like, no, this is hard in the regular season. Yep. This is not like we're, we're taking vacation and we're waiting until Tampa Bay comes to town. That's it. Like, you know, they, they got to fight and scratch and claw for every win. And so I think that that's going to be the positive thing for them. Yeah, for sure. And to your point about the boys, about the team showing up when it matters, how many games this season have been have been finished by William Nylander or Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner coming through and actually getting the game-winning goal? Yeah. Like, it's already been a good... It's been a positive trend. Now, it hasn't been every game, and it hasn't been every overtime, and it hasn't been every shootout, but those players are seeming to show up when they need to. When they need to get a goal, they're getting them now. And hopefully they don't burn through all of that goodness... In November and December, right? Yeah. Like, hopefully they're able to hold on to some of that, but continue positive trends going into that. Now, let's finish talking about the rest of the game. Trent Frederick scores after Joseph Wall thinks he has it. It's sitting in front of his right toe, and unfortunately it gets buried, and the Leafs, or sorry, the Leafs go down once more with 6.50 to go. Actually, with like 10 minutes left to go, it felt like it was getting into next goal wins territory. But yeah. fortunately, Austin Matthews, with 4.8 seconds to go, finds some space, gets a pass from Mitch Marner, and buries it to force overtime and get at least 
a point against a team that it's so irritating how good they are, even when they're supposed to be bad. <laughs> they're forever. They're, they're eternal. The Boston Bruins are eternal. They're yeah. going to be good until the sun explodes. Yeah. I'm convinced. I'm, yeah. I'm convinced. If i convinced Marshan and Pasternak could retire and become sheep farmers in New Zealand next season, and they'll still be just as good. Just somehow. <laughs> they'll, they'll, <laughs> that's a really funny visual. But I'm convinced because they just – I don't know what it is. It's, it's that, that sweater just makes you just – Ugh, I hate it. And of course, in overtime, who else? Public enemy number one. You're going to get to that. Is the was the hero, right? But yeah, there was a bit more to that overtime. But that was the guy. Yeah. Can we talk really briefly about uh, about Nylander falling slash tripping slash being tripped at center ice and then just laying on the ice as Boston streaks down into the Leafs end with the puck. Yeah. Like, listen, I mean, I'm sure it hurt to fall, but it, I, you, it was, I was like, why is he sitting on the ice? I was screaming at my television and my headache yeah. didn't like me for it. Is he waiting to get a call there? Cause like, it felt like a little bit. No, it felt like it though. Right. Like the way he looked at the ref and everything. I do think that he just kind of tripped over his own feet in the feet of a Boston Bruin player. Yeah. Um, but he just laid there, and Pasternak luckily doesn't score on the breakaway. But Morgan Riley, like, way overcommits to chasing him, and Brad Marchand is just sitting there with, you know, six feet of net, and there's no way he's missing from four feet away. And, of course, that means the Leafs lose 4-3 to three in overtime, not being able to get the final point. Uh, but, I mean, the Leafs are, what, 6-1-2 and two in their last 10 or something? Their last nine? It's an undeniably good record. Like, I mean, there is a like panic, and with with amidst all the panic and all the what, what, how are they winning? How are they winning? I mean, they're still six and one and two. I I know everybody's just worried about how it's going to translate. I get it. Sure, I I worry about that too. But it's they're still six one and two. Like they found ways to win, and that's you've seen the regular season is not a given anymore. Like the New Jersey Devils were amazing, and now they're not. You Mm -hmm. know, Ottawa Senators had a lot of expectations. Oh, they're not. Edmonton, yeah. I mean, they're coming back a little bit, but man, they, I mean, the regular season's not a given. So the regular season wins do matter. Yeah. And everybody talking about it, oh, it doesn't, for everybody that's saying that it has no relevance at all how the Leafs win, uh, it might when it's the deciding factor on if the Leafs play against, you know, a limping Tampa team versus the Panthers, which are all of our nightmares currently. I don't know about you, but I would like to avoid playing them at any cost. In the playoffs. I, I honestly think I'd rather, like, I think at least rather face a real Panther than face the Panthers. <laughs> like, they are, like, I, and you, you saw that last game. Like, they're not different from that. Like, that, they, that playoffs wasn't a fluke. Like, they no. really. They've doubled they, down. No, they stayed. Like, they, yeah. they evolved into that team, and they are, they're built for the playoffs. Like, you've yeah. got to. I mean, if you want to win, you got to go through the best, and that's one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference as far as playoff style. Yep. But man, that's gonna be that's gonna be a rough one, especially if it's in the first round. I'm gonna be so upset. Uh, and the scary thing is, we're gonna know that in the next like six weeks, probably to some to some degree of truth, how who they're gonna end up facing. And you know, when I say they doubled down on their play style, there's not many teams that are able to play a playoff style hockey through a whole year, but the the Panthers are showing everybody that it's possible. 
They are playing playoff hockey in November. And I'm a little bit glad that the Leafs are playing against it because it's like a reminder for them, hopefully, that that's what it's going to be like. You know, and it... It, it, it's a little bit unfortunate that, that the Leafs haven't played with a little bit more snarl against Florida just based on the recent history with them. But, you know, maybe they are and we just don't see it as well, unfortunately. Um, so let's talk about some other things, shall we? Uh, sure. So Sam Snob obviously off tonight due to illness. Martin Jones getting the backup role. Thank goodness they didn't have to call him in. Uh, the Leafs this year have been pretty decent about capitalizing on their pulled goalie situation this year. And last year they were pulling goalies like super early. They only pulled it Joe wall tonight with two minutes left to go in the period. And I, 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 I thought that they were going to lose in regulation. I really did. Yeah. Same. I I, I was, I literally was about to get up. I'm like, okay, I got to set this stuff up. I got to set the camera. Yeah. Set it all up. And I was like getting up and then, because they were not creating anything really no they found a way like they did find a way and i like that they pull they try to pull the goalie early because it kind of that's one thing with hockey that bothers me with just any team is why are you not pulling them when there's like at least two and a half minutes left like you're not gonna win the game like you're you're getting shut down you're losing for a reason like you're getting shut down like you need that like you might as well go for it or else you're gonna lose like it's just and i like that they they kind of just realize that it's like okay well they must have some sort of analytics that say when to pull the goalie. I'm sure they do. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that they, they pull them early so they can at least get themselves together to get a shot off, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. The Bruins were playing a little bit to keep away again, eh? Like, oh, we're going to leave the zone. Oh, we're coming back. Oh, just kidding. We're not actually yeah. going to do that. <laughs> it was it was, uh, it was nice to see the Leafs get a little bit of zone time. I really thought that they were going to capitalize. There was that one opportunity in overtime, the the Marner chance that was stopped by Olmark. Oh, my gosh. Like, I thought that was going in. I was standing yeah. up. I was ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot. It's a, it's a great goaltending matchup. It was a good game. It was a sure. good Saturday game. Yeah. Honestly. And that's what you can hope for against when you have an original six pairing. And – uh, they played Panama again tonight as the goal song, and the more that's happening, the more I like it. Like the crowd seems to be vibing when that's the goal song. Is that the one? I I I haven't Panama. been like. Yeah, is that is that like the one they've settled on? I mean, look, hey, play the hits, man. Like play some Q one oh seven. Get the because you can't go wrong with the seventies and the seventies and the eighties, man. All the the it sound it's always hype. Like you'll, the old yeah. songs will always be timeless. You know, the dads and the, the, the uncles love it. So, I don't know. It's, it's better than just, just settle on one. Just pick one. Yeah. And, like, it's not a debate. Let's, it's not, just don't make it a debate anymore. <laughs> just pick one and be like, this is the one we're going for. And that's it, you know? But. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, Don't get me wrong. I, I loved our previous goal song, but I think it was definitely a little bit time for change. I, do, I will say, though, I'm happy that the Leafs kept their win song. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I, I, I think it's good. You know, you don't need to hype the crowd. At that point, the crowd's already hyped for a win, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I love in, I love how in Toronto we talk about the songs they're playing in the building. You know, shout out to the <laughs> Game Office crew because I actually I actually know and love those people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're great. They're all great. The people who run the stuff, the show there. So yeah, I've actually been to a game so far this season, and the music finally changed. Thank really? goodness. Yeah, they it's a little bit more of like a I like I don't know what song is coming every time now. 
which is nice. They are no longer playing Marilyn Manson, which is great because we don't like people that hurt other people. Um, yeah. And it was just a nice change up. The, the in arena this year seems a little bit better. Um, and even though the Leafs fans are a little bit touch and go when it comes to being loud, the end of that game, everybody was jacked and it seems like it's becoming a positive trend, which is great. Um, if you are watching, please make sure you hit like, please make sure you hit subscribe. Uh, please make sure you get your questions in actually for the presser as well. If you have any questions for Fuad and I, whether it's about hockey, whether it's about, it's about our Leafs, whether it's about what kind of socks we like the best, uh, we will answer all of the good questions that are in the chat. Uh, first, before we get to those questions, um, why did we go back to camp starting in overtime? I, I that was my first. I was like, wait, what? Why? Why? Like, I would have rather. I mean, John Tavares is not great in overtime. Like, he's not really fleet of foot. No, but the man was on a heater in faceoffs. Did you see? I think he was thirteen for sixteen. Yeah, like he had like Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> like, like the field goal percentage, yes. like, you know, like 13 for 16. Yeah. Uh, and he lost the faceoff. That's the thing. So you, he better win that damn faceoff or else, like, what's the point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Who do you think got the belt? Actually, chat, if you actually know who got the belt, if you could tell us, that would be freaking great. Um, the belt for losses? Oh, no, it is a loss, isn't it? Yeah. Damn it. I forgot. Denial. I like I tried know. to go. That's the cold medicine talking. I like <laughs> ghosted myself. I gaslit myself into thinking that the Leafs won. Um, yeah, I, with the Leafs having so much success lately with starting Matthews in overtime, I don't know why they went back to David Camp. I don't think it made a huge change in the Leafs losing. Uh, I I think that. I think that if you do just sudden death overtime, I think eventually the Leafs are able to do the full comeback, but. Just the way that everything broke down, that that Marshan goal was just tough to watch, and I I'm willing to bet that Joseph Wall would love to have that Trent Frederick goal back. Uh, so what socks do you like the best, Nick? That's an excellent question. I'm glad you asked. There is a brand called Pair of Thieves, and I recommend all of their products. Their socks are the best socks I've ever owned. Not like hiking socks, or just like regular everyday socks, but Pair of Thieves. You can't buy them in Canada, though. You can find them occasionally at, like, Winners, but you can go, you can either order them and have them shipped to your house in Canada like I do, or have them shipped to a friend in America and have that friend in America come visit you, which is the other thing that I do. That's the best brand of socks for me. Is the next, Fernanda Pereira, is the next game a must-win? What do you think, Fuad? Who's the next game? Who do we play next? That's a good question. About to lose track. I haven't looked at the schedule too much. I got you. I got you. Thursday. Thursday? Dang. Seems like a long time. Versus yeah. the Senators. So Armand will be on uh, the head-to-head -head game over, which there is another head-to-head -head game over actually happening tonight. After this stream, there will be a Canucks Flames game over, which is going to be spicy as all anything, I think. Yeah. So yeah. please make sure you check that out. Totally, yeah. I mean, they're, they're great over there, and that's a... Interesting rivalry now after the trade. That's going to be a fun little topic, a fun little wrinkle of drama there. Mm -hmm. But to answer the question, must win. Hmm. It's over the Senators, so yes. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they're still really good. I mean, must win is usually when they're, like, slumping hard. But I, I'd like to see a must win in regulation. Yes. That. Like, you know, like maybe in regulation, I'd like to see them actually beat up on a team that they sh that is down bad right now like a team that's not really good 
you know, sorry guys, but like, you know, they're not really good this season like, and they don't have goaltending. Right. So I'd like to see them like actually assert their dominance and be like, no, we're better. We have more talent than you. Like I, I would like them to do that instead of being like, because you know how that goes. It's going to, you know, they might, they might go up 2-1, coup nothing. All of a sudden, 2-2. Two, two, and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? And they go 3-2. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's just, you know, that that's the stuff we've been accustomed to where they play down to the competition. Like we saw that against Chicago. We saw that against Pittsburgh, right? Those are the kinds of teams. I mean, Pittsburgh and Sens are kind of on the, on the same kind of level right now. Like very fringy, but to kind of really mid to low mid teams. Uh, so I'd like to see them actually show out instead of like, if they go to overtime and win fine, I'll be okay with it. I'll be like, okay, they won, but it's yeah. also like, hello, can you win in regulation for, for once? It would be really nice to see them go up and stay up and not be tied again. Like it would be really nice to see them score like three goals, have the other team come back and score one or two, but then they score another couple insurance goals. I totally agree. That's that's what I don't think it's so much a, the Leafs need to win. I think the Leafs need a dominant performance. Uh, question from frequent visitor Luke Venables. Welcome back, Luke. Love having you here. Thanks for coming again. Is Yo. Wall experienced enough to take us through the playoffs? Uh, Jordan Bennington wasn't experienced enough, but he won a Stanley Cup. Just saying. I'm not convinced that it matters. I don't know. Like goaltending is so freaking weird. Like it's just yeah. so weird. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it last year? Like Louis Domingue for the Avalanche? Oh well, for the for the for the Knights. You mean the Knights? Oh yes, for the Knights. Aiden Hill. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they didn't go the whole thing with Aiden Hill. I think they had like four goalies at some point. It's such a weird thing. I I don't think goaltending has the. I mean, it's important, but I don't think it's like. I don't think you're gonna see these like. It's like oh, you got Patrick Waugh in net. You got. Carry Price in that. Like, it's not, I mean, that you only a select few teams have those guys, right? Yes. So There's a just, finite number of goalies that are, that are Vasilevsky, Hellebuck level. You know, Shesterkin, you know, those yeah. kinds of guys. But like, it's, yeah, I don't, I'm not convinced his age, his experience matters, honestly. Like, you even seen like how many rookies, I mean, you're sick. Jordan Bennington comes out of nowhere. You saw yep. Cam Ward way back in the day was a rookie. And I'm like, who's this guy? I mean, that was after the lockout. It was a weird time, but you know, it, I don't think. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think it matters. I think. I think what matters is can the can the stars, can the Matthews, Marner, Nylander, those guys. I mean, that those are the ones you're paying all that money. Yes. And you're convinced, like we're gonna like those. I, I want to know if those guys are experienced enough. And they should be experienced enough to take you to the promised land. If those guys don't have enough experience by now, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Negative like, experience is experience, but you know. yeah, for sure. But I totally agree. I don't think Joseph Wall being young is going to impact his ability to make big saves in the playoffs. I think that if he continues to play with the amount of confidence that he does and the way he can kind of brush off when goals are scored, that's going to be huge for the Leafs because it doesn't, like I said earlier in the stream, it doesn't seem to be impacting the Leafs as much when they get scored on at this point because they feel like they have confidence to do kind of an Oilers-esque thing where, okay, we're down, but we know that we're one shot away from, you know, it takes one goal, one shot to change the outlook of the game. And I I think that, to your point, Fuad, you you, you hit the nail on the head. Is, is good goaltending important in the playoffs? Sure. But yeah. we're no longer in an age at least for the most part, where goalies are the deciding factor in playoff series. It's about team defense and team offense. And 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 last year, the Leafs didn't win against the Panthers because they didn't score enough goals. 
That's not on Ilya Samsonov. Well, I mean, Sergei Bobrovsky did like reach into like the, the Oh my past god. And, yeah, he went into a time machine, so Yeah. He and then again, yeah, like, but that's the thing. It's not about like what we're trying to say is like it's random. Like, yes. Sergei Bobrovsky was not that guy, and he wasn't that guy earlier in the season. No, he was like washed. The guy yeah. was washed. Then he just went into a time machine and was unwashed. It, like, it, it, like it's so random. That's the thing we can't. I think goaltending is just you. You put the best guy in net and you just pray and you say, like, oh, please stop the pucks and that's it. Like you worry about anything else. Yeah, that's if I was a coach, but I'm not a coach. I'm just a guy in a stream. So, um. I actually have one here, but it's not really a question as more of a um, as more of a statement. I know PS17 was talking about um, Chris Tanev. Like yes. Saying like he's, Chris Tanev's old. Well, old. You know, he's TJ Brody's old. age, and he's a rental. Sorry. I, but it's, it's – yeah, I'm not far off. But I feel weird. I know it's weird, weird saying old, but hockey old. Now, yeah, hockey old is not the same as, like, regular person old. Because no, like I, I I'm just hockey old now. I'm almost thirty, so I'm almost I'm almost my career's done. You know? Oh, I would have like a you can't put me into the AHL old now as of last week. So oh. it's a different kind of old for sure. Okay. Um, but what do you think about um, like the def- obviously Nikita Zadorov? People weren't felt some type of way about him going for a third and a sixth. I think that was the price. Was why, why couldn't the Leafs match that? Why couldn't I- they do that? And now they look to another Calgary defenseman, Chris Tanev, you know, guy who's older, but, you know, still plays little plays an important position, still plays that right-handed defense, can provide some stability in the back end. What do you think? Who do you think you'd like to see? Uh, <laughs> I've said this before on this stream and on other streams and on other shows. Um, I don't think the answer for the Leafs defense is to trade for a defender on a team that isn't playing well defensively. You know what I mean? Like I would rather trade for someone from the blue jackets who have lots of defense and can't score worth a damn. Or it is the same thing. Like earlier on the broadcast earlier, they were like, Oh, it sounds like the Leafs, the sharks are open season. Uh, the sharks aren't good. So why would you want one of their defensemen? You know what I mean? Well, yes, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's like, are they the cause of that, or are they just a, a part of it? You know what I'm saying? Is it like, it's a contributing yeah, I mean, factor. There's, like, there's a lot of problems with these teams, but yeah, it could be a factor. I mean, that's a good point. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I worry about it with something like Chris Tanner because the GMs around the league they know the Leafs are boned as far as defense. So what happens is, and on the cap. So they know that there's two things, bone on defense, bone on the cap. So what happens is lease leverage is very, very little. Yeah. So that means teams are going to be bullying Brad for living. They're going to be like, you know, when you have a, like a, on Facebook marketplace and you put something and you're like, <laughs> I want to sell it for, it's a new lawnmower. I for $250. People are like $50. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? $50 and you have to drive it to me. Because I, obviously it's the other way around. They're, but the lease gives like, you got to give us first round pick. Razor Minton, whomever, prospect their first round pick down the line. Like I think that that's the thing. They're in a tough position. I actually worry about who they get. Like Brad Trilliving's gonna have to really earn his earn his stripes to get somebody and not break the bank. Or if he breaks the bank, get somebody who's gonna be here next season and not go out the door like everybody else who the Leafs have traded a first round pick for. Right. I totally agree. Uh Ken M, any chance we can snag Dumba? Listen. 
if you've watched this stream earlier in the season, you already know the fact that I think that that's the move that they should have made earlier in the season and not picked up Klingberg. But it sounds like when Matt Dumba was a free agent, he had conversations with the Leafs, but decided eventually on signing with Arizona. So I think that that's a great option. I actually think that that's a better option than trading for someone from the Flames, if I'm being totally honest. Um, I think that Dumba's a better option, but again, you're going to pay through the teeth for him. Yeah, aren't Arizona good? Like, would they not? Yeah. Like, would, they, would they want? I don't think they'd want to part with somebody who's good. I mean, they want to be good. Like, they gotta. Like, yeah, I, I just I think Matt Dumba's only on like a one year contract anyway, so it's not like a yeah. huge thing. Yeah. At it, least it, I think so. It's, it's a tough thing. I mean, if you got if you want a good defenseman, who, who wants to get rid of a good defenseman, right? That's the thing. They're so hard to find, you know. So maybe Columbus. Yeah, maybe Columbus. Hey, trade for some offense. There you go. I mean, let's let's call it in. So, uh, before before we head out, I have one last question for you. And mm-hmm. chat, I want you to put your answers in there as well, right after you hit like and subscribe. Um, we talk about what rookies, and someone asked me this the other day, in terms of rookies and what what order you are least willing to give them up. Okay, so the main rookies that I want to talk about are Matthew Nyes, Easton Cowan, and Fraser Minton. Let's not talk about anybody that's on the Marlies, just those three players. Give me, in order, who you are most willing to trade to least willing to trade. Okay. So, so like, your number one is, like, you. we can have a conversation, and, like, your number three is, like, ha, 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 hang okay. up before actually getting you. a word in. Okay, I got it. So, I think it'd be Minton, number one. Cowan number two and Nyes is like you got to be giving the Leafs somebody who, like he's a part of the core like he's actually extremely yes. valuable right now like the Leafs got to win now that's the thing he's a part of the win now and the future which is very rare so I'd say those two guys because they're not on the Leafs right now like they're yeah. not providing anything to the Leafs right now they may down the line but you got to win the cup now so I'd say those guys are kind of tied either one but I'd say you know Minton number one Cowan number two I you know like and that, I think they're pretty tied there, but I definitely think, like, I mean, Nye's untouchable unless Columbus is giving you something or somebody's giving you something that's, like, absolutely unbeatable because you don't want to lose that trait. Like, you no. really don't want to look back and think Matthew Nye's becomes a 45-goal scorer. You don't want him to become the next Mason Margement is what you're saying. <laughs> Better. He has more potential. Like, I mean, yes. like, the next Matthew Kachuk or something like that, you know? Yeah. That's what I worry about as a Leafs fan. Like, we've seen too many players leave your hand. So, yeah. I think those two guys would be the ones, you know, even Robertson, but he's not really a rookie, you know, but I like Robertson. But if you're going with this game, you got to keep the guys that are win now, right now. That's all we care about. Win now, win now. We have the same order. Yeah. Minden's the one I'm willing to have a conversation with. Easton Cowan, I really don't want to give up just because it's been so long since the Leafs have had a player like that in their system as a rookie. And yes. Matthew Nyes is like, you can have him when you pry him from my cold, dead hands. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, it looks like a lot of the chat agrees with us as well. Uh, most people that are putting answering most willing equals mint and least willing equals nice, and it sounds like Cowan would be right in the middle of that. Uh, so if you are listening to this or you're watching this afterwards, please put your answers to that actually down in the comment section. If there are any other players that you think are untouchable or that you think you're willing to move which are off of the board, then please make sure you put those as well. Um, but... Fuad, do you have anything else for tonight? It's kind uh, of it, right? I don't believe so. I think uh, I think we covered it all. Uh, First again, game in six months. 
Good job, buddy. Months. The last time we were on a stream together, Florida Panthers lost in overtime. And of course, there's an overtime loss to a team that we hate. The Leafs hate. We should so. have known it was coming. We should have known oh, it was coming. I sorry guys, we caused the <laughs> loss and uh yeah. Uh you're welcome or sorry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Depends. Yep. No, I totally agree. All right. Well, if you have watched this whole time, thank you for being here with us. Uh, I've loved having you here. We always appreciate you all being here. So um, please, uh, we're going to say it one more time. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. Uh, tonight, please go on later tonight and watch the head-to-head tonight Absolutely. between the, the Flames and the Canucks. I guarantee it's going to be an awesome show. And Game Over Toronto will be back next Thursday with a head-to-head against the Ottawa Senators. Leafs unfortunately fall to Boston in overtime. Brad Marchand with the dagger all together, everybody, as we leave, fuck Boston. Have a good night, everybody.